2: Are looking for a judgment-free zone? Are you looking for a host that's an open book? Do you want to discuss the things that we all face in real life with a heavy dash of motivation? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to the Let Me Touch You podcast. Let's get started. Here's your host.
0: I'm laughing this time because my guest is doing the dance that I normally do. So today I have a special guest with me. Guest, introduce yourself. <laughs>
1: what's up what's up what's up? Yeah, you know that one guy from the uncomfortable conversation podcast also part of the grown man podcast 2.99 Hi. boy
0: <laughs> <laughs> how you doing i I'm when right. i, I, I when get I, get I saw it. you dancing i had to laugh because styles is always looking at me when we record together
1: he's like why are you doing that dance i don't
0: know that little part right there makes me want to dance
1: it's that it, it do. It, it, it give a little bop to it. it do, 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 do. Yeah. You got an answer to that.
0: Yes, you I'll do. Hate. Yeah, he's a hater. He don't got my moves. All right, so guys, today I'm joined by the wonderful Eric. Like he said, he is part of the GML crew, and his podcast is The Uncomfortable Conversations. I'll put that info on the description so you guys can make sure to follow them. So, Eric, first thing that I want to do is ask you, if you could pick three words to describe yourself, what would they be and why?
1: Three words to describe myself. Okay. I'm going to say um, spontaneous, um, loving, and a an asshole
3: Ma'am, all the, <laughs> those three? No uh,
0: all no those three one. mix well together. Spontaneous
1: because, loving asshole. Know, like, like, I have enough. Okay, for uh, the Let Me Touch crew, that sounds real perverted, but uh, the Let Me Touch You crew, I am a Gemini. So I'm ba- I balance myself out. Like, I'm very loving, you know, to those that I love, you know, and to those that I care about. um I am an asshole because sometimes. I may come off as being rude, but I'm really being honest. And then I'm spontaneous. So some, you know, I I found myself feeding uh, sharks, swimming with dolphins, all the possibilities. You know, like people say, "Hey, you want to jump on this live? All right. You want to record? All right." Like I do spontaneous things all the time. One time, I I was bored, and I built an entire bar in the backyard because I was bored. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What state you live in? I, in? Had to be, I live in Ohio.
0: Damn, wish you lived over here, a little closer. I'm like, you bored, Eric?
3: <laughs> I need some things built.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's
3: it, like, it was uh,
1: a... bar would look good right here. Got up, the home, Depot, came back. realized I needed some other stuff. Went back. I built the bar in one day. Oh. Okay. Yeah, it was... Not, and I don't know how to. It. I just feel like, maybe I have do this. Too. I was about to say,
0: so you're one of those handyman, so you just looked it up, youtube it, and went for it.
1: Nah, I didn't. I should have YouTubed it because like it wasn't as sturdy as I wanted it to be. But it was like good for the summer. It stood the summer, the rain. By the time it got ready to stick it stood the snow too. Yeah, like it lasted a year. But if I would have youtube it, if I would have done my research and homework. I probably could have had it a little bit more 30 minutes. You know, don't just me. Okay, so
0: they go well. Those three words go well together. Okay, let my listeners know a little something about your platform and what do you discuss.
1: Okay, um, on the Uncomfortable conversation podcast, we're having conversations that people don't want to have. Um, if you have an issue with your family, you know, like, and you let shit slide all the time, you know, and then you wonder why your family still treating you like shit seven years later, that's because you never had that conversation. We, my co-hosts, uh, we, uh, Marcia and Mr. Sante, those are my cousins. Like, we grew up together and, and we get into it, like online, offline, but it's all loving us building better people. Like right now, I think, who am I beefing with? I'm beefing with my cousins here. Yeah. But we beat, and they know. I'm like yo, we do right now. Yeah, okay, for real. Why? Because you was on shit. this, that the other. Oh, okay. We good. Enough. You know, like we have those conversations, but also over there we talk about like conversations that a lot of people should be having, like conversations about about uh about love, or conversations about toxic relationships, toxic, uh, conversations about building uh, better, breaking generational curses, building uh, better. Kid. Um, why are we in the position that we in? Like our toxicity, like everything is open over there. Everything. We don't we don't shy away from anything until I get phone calls from my mama. You why know, not talk to somebody, but, uh, Yeah, it'd be like Then I go off on her.
0: Once the family hears, you know, those conversations like you said, those conversations that people don't wanna have. They hear us having it. They're looking at us like, why are you talking about that? You're not supposed to be talking about these things. Like, no, like you said, they have to be... Yeah, they have to be said. Things have to be said. If not, it's going to be a never-ending cycle. You have to break the cycles. Especially, you know, we don't want our kids going through the things we went through. And a lot of us go through the same thing with our family members, especially.
1: I think that, like, what we grew up on... Because we are on family part. What we grew up on and what we bring our you know what we raise our kids uh, like the values like we took some of the good all we took the bad from the way we were raised and we mix it up and we put it into our children and it's like yo Mm -hmm. y'all you know we grew up on conversation with the kid the other day like yeah you know i was a hood you know oh the hood you know the kids think the hood life is great No, hmm. that's that's why I got to the suburbs because you don't want that like traumatizing. You should have I should have PTSD from growing up in the hood. Yeah. Like they didn't they don't understand that. And it's like like the beatings that I got, I don't give those to my children. Because so, what we can have a conversation, mm-hmm. you know. Like I don't want you to be traumatized or think that every time you know anger is violence because violence has consequences. So let about let's have a conversation now if we can't have a conversation then we go to the next step so yeah, like that's stuff i talk about all time.
0: yeah so guys make sure you go check eric and his co host out because they do an amazing job believe me they do you guys got a little glimpse right there of how he tackles things so make sure to check him out
2: let's connect now it's time to connect let's connect
0: All right, so this week I have a special clip from a special someone. Once I play it, you're going to know who it is.
1: This is JR from West Virginia, Commonplace Podcast. Got a quick question for you. What is your favorite movie? And thank you for letting me be part of your clip. This is an amazing thing you're doing. Keep doing what you do.
0: Yes, that's our boy JR. Thank you so much for submitting <laughs> a clip. I appreciate it. So, JR. Eric, you're the guest, so you get to answer first. Your favorite movie.
1: Okay. My favorite movie that I will watch every time it comes on, uh, Harry Potter. Okay. I will watch all. Man, I will watch. I have a. I have a gang of them, but I will always watch Harry Potter, American Gangster, and Blow whenever it comes on. It does not matter if I got to be at work. Yeah. I like Blow. I don't. I don't. I, it doesn't matter if I got to be at work like 24 hours I'm going to watch that movie
0: alright so um, when it comes to your top three I only like two American Gangster and obviously Blow Harry Potter I have
1: never yeah, seen
0: it, a Harry
1: Potter movie <laughs> <laughs> ok there's a, there's a story behind like that Harry Potter used to, come, used to come out around Christmas, right mm-hmm. and, grow, and growing up I'm the oldest of nine children um my mother's foot and my dad's four. I'm I'm the only middle that they have. Mm-hmm. Um, and like my Christmases growing up were poor and shit. And you know, like when I watch Christmas movies or Harry Potter, like you know, it just any Christmas movie or Harry Potter is like, yo, he had it rough. And then you know, I still got it rough, but it's kind of persevered out of it. So that's that's why I watch it. It's real. It's so real. It's no, a
0: lot of people like Harry Potter. So I'm like, am I missing out on something? Am I not? One day I'll give it a try with the kids. See? One day. All right. Oh, so my all-time favorite movie is Scarface. I love Scarface. I love gangster movies. I'm one of those females that if I'm feeling down and out, I am not going to watch a chick flick to help me cry I'm gonna watch a mafia movie especially Scarface and it's gonna help me feel so much better I'll watch Scarface what uh-huh. okay I give you
1: Scarface I- no, I'll, say- I'll give you Scarface call it what it is like Scarface has an issue it.
0: He really had some. Issues. He did have some issues. If you know, you dig deep into it, and you know, now that we're older and we understand certain things, he did have issues, which is why he was the way he was. Right. So
1: I'll have it's to say great, it's a great come from the gutter story, though. It is. It's a great come from the gutter story, but
0: it definitely is. You know, <laughs> he could have <survived. laughs> Yeah, he could have. He, you know, he got greedy, and you know, so it would be yeah, Scarface. Donnie Brasco and Dirty Dancing. Dirty Dancing will be my ultimate chick flick. I can watch every day, know every word. For those three movies, I know them word for word. Really? Yeah, I love Dirty Dancing. Dirty Dancing? Wait
1: a minute, Dirty Dancing the the original? Yes, the original. Okay, all right, I give you that. I I used to do all the dances
0: and all of that with my sisters, and yeah, I love it. Oh, and Grease, I love Grease.
1: go to greece, greece 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 oh my god well greece was you can't talk like that no more like how they talk to Greece. so if you go back and you listen to it now the age that we are it's a lot of undertones in it that we should listen to yes. at our age
0: uh-huh it was
1: bad mm-hmm. it was bad
0: it definitely was but those
1: there. those
0: are my movies jr thank you again for submitting a clip anybody that ever wants to be part of my let's connect segment you can either send in a voice note on my google number that's at the end send me a dm if you don't want me to use your voice you can send a message and i'll read it you know um i usually my listeners that send them and they don't want to put their names out there you know i leave it anonymous on my podcast community, what I'm doing now with the podcasters, whenever they send it, I'll tell them to you know plug in their information that way my listeners can tune into them, and you know we can all work together.
3: Okay, that's
1: dope. that's that's so, that's some great promotion, also.
0: Yes, I'll be expecting a clip from you soon, Eric. Oh,
1: okay. I <laughs>
2: Heart to heart, it's time for the main topic. Let's have a heart to heart.
0: Okay, so for today's topic, it's gonna be a little heavy, but it's an uncomfortable conversation that has to be had. So I had to pick the perfect guy for it. So I chose the one and only Eric for it. So today's conversation is gonna be about teenage suicide. Um, You know, a lot of us are parents, and I do have, you know, some teenagers that listen as well. So Whatever we discuss, you know, the advice can go both ways. For parents and for the teens, we can give them both some advice, right? So to start off the conversation, I'm going to read a suicide note that I came across online of a 15-year-old girl that she left to her parents, well, to her mom. So it goes as follows. Dear mom, it's with a heavy heart that I write you this note. Knowing the amount of pain it is going to cause you. Mom, I want you to know that I love you dearly and will ever. I'm guessing she meant to say forever, will forever love you. If I am given the opportunity to live again, I will still choose you as my mom and our family will still be my birthplace. But unfortunately, I know there is not going to be any such opportunity. Mom, I did not want to do this, but I was compelled to. Circumstances beyond my control to take the plunge. I tried my best to pull through, but my best was not good enough. I battled alone for about 13 months now until my strength failed me. You and dad could not decipher what I was going through and maybe I could not blame you for that. My one and only brother came very close to understanding what I was passing through, but it was too much for his young mind to comprehend. Mom, I know that you and dad loved me and did everything you could to prove that to me, but I was not feeling loved. You, provi- you provided for me more than I ever wanted. Took me to places that most of my mates have not been heard, have not even heard of. Yet despite all of this, my heart was longing for love. I needed someone who would love me for who I was. I needed someone who would reach the depth of my soul and feel the vacuum there. The material things you spoiled me with could not do that. And I was alone all the while despite the fact that we laughed together and had just as a family. Then came the last straw that broke the camel's back. Your brother, Uncle Tony, who came to live with us, made me believe that he knew exactly what my soul was longing for, companionship. He chose to stay with me when you and dad were too busy to notice my loneliness. He tried to keep me company when I needed someone to talk to, but had only gadgets and teddy bears as my company. I was fooled to trust him and he hacked into my foolishness and he did it perfect, perfectly and deeply. Mom, your brother raped me and used me as a sex toy for three whole years. I expected you or dad to notice, but none of you did. When he left our house last year, I was shattered because I was grown to fill the void of your presence with his dirty deeds. I couldn't complain because I was afraid to lose him. But when he eventually left for Canada, the magnitude of the emptiness in me became too heavy for me to carry. I struggled to forget those experiences, but I could not. My grades dropped in school and you and dad quickly arranged for a home lesson teacher. Mom, that singular act instead of helping me fueled what is about to happen to me in a few minutes from now. The home lesson teacher you brought so much reminded me of Uncle Tony. And on several occasions, I felt like grabbing him and making him fill the gap that Tony's absence created in me. Mom, I had to do this because I was lonely. Did you ever imagine what I was doing in my room all the time I stayed there alone? Wouldn't you for once have gone out of your way to just spend some time with me so that we could talk? There are many things I would have liked to tell you, but I didn't want to add to your pain, so let those other torments be buried with this undignified body of mine. Please make sure that my brother David doesn't get to the point where I am now. Also, tell your friends and colleagues who have children to find out what's happening with their beloved kids before it gets too late. Many of the things parents do in the name of showing love are not what we the younger ones need. I would have gone long hours before you will get to read this note. But one cheering thing is that David is still there with you. Transfer the love you had for me to him. My bank details and passwords to my phone and laptops are in a piece of paper I dropped in the drawer of your dressing table. I miss you and it pains to empty the content of this bottle in my hand into my mouth by, but I am constrained to do so. Tell dad and David that I love them. Tell our pastor that I will miss him and his sermons and long prayers. Tell my friends not to envy me. Goodbye, mom. Crazy and deep, right? What are your thoughts on that letter?
1: Um, there's a lot of pain, un- unseen pain in that letter, pain, embarrassment, um, you know not feeling strong enough you you know the embarrassment to be you know sexually assaulted and raped by a family member you know not being strong enough or or too embarrassed to even talk to the family about what you're going through Um, it's a lot it was and this is terrible to fucking say it was a very considerate letter, you know, because she took the time out, and it was at a point where she was like, "Yeah, I'm writing this letter," but it this, I mean, this is a very unpopular opinion—she was strong enough to do it. Like a yeah. lot of a lot of people do not want to admit that, but people who commit suicide are not weak. They are—they strong. They strong enough. Mm -hmm. and you know when you said this uh, about the topic it was like yo I don't want to I don't want to go there I don't want to go there but fuck it I need to Um, my brother um, my mother's baby boy committed suicide
3: um, I'm sorry you
1: and we committed suicide in 2016. So he just turned 25, um, you know, but like all of the, all of the signs were there that he was not happy with life. You know, like we all, everybody in the family read it off. As in, oh, uh, he just playing crazy this that mm-hmm. and the other. There were signs, you know, of my brother, you know, trying to take his life prior Mm -hmm. to him finally doing it, you know, like, and, you know, we just like, hey, you know, he's not on his medicine and he's just showing out, he's just acting out and he finally did it and it was the thing, like, and I said it and my family was like, oh, yeah, you know, it kind of hurt him, but it was like, yo. He wanted to do. He wanted to go out on his own terms. Y'all know that's how he was. That's how he lived. He, he wanted to do things on his own. He didn't like help. He didn't like, you know, like people telling him what to do when he got to be. It, it was just, it was scary. And he's one of the reasons why I started the uncomfortable conversation because we're all scared to have these conversations. If you're thinking about, you know, hurting yourself, you know that there are people who love you there are people who care about you you know like it you don't have to be that strong to take your life and you know think that you can't be strong enough to get over what you went through. and you know like there were times where i you know had suicidal ideation and i had to remember like that is selfish for me to do that you know, I got so many people counting on me. Especially, you know, I, I had, I only had my uh, my 20 year old then, And it was like, yo, she can't grow up without no daddy. What? And then like, you know, like, let all these dudes run game on her. I got to keep this game. So I found something to hold on to for me not to think like that. And, and then, you know, like in therapy, like especially after I released that episode about my brother, you know my therapy doesn't hey, be he lit but I talk I I, I I opened up the most after I let go of what hurt
0: yeah a lot of times people oh. hold on to the hurt and that that holds you back from healing and becoming a better you it definitely
1: does there, there, there's this um there's this group called survivors of suicides people, pretty much, the people who are affected by someone else's suicide. And I've been trying to um, get a chapter closer to Cleveland, but we're not, you know, in memory of my brother. But it's like they talk about um what happened, you know, like don't carry that guilt. It's not your fault. Mm-hmm. What they did, you know, like, and, and this is where I learned about it. You know, they had the strength to do what they want. And it's not your, there's nothing you could have did that would have changed their mind. And when I heard when I heard that, it was like, yeah, it sounds good for you to say it, but that's not how I felt. Like we all we all take guilt on. Oh, I could have did this better. Oh, I could have I could have drove them here. I could have I could have you know helped them pay their bills here. Uh, yeah, that the is, what like ifs. like like what if I would have did if. this? Yeah make it Now, now you're you're giving yourself guilt, like you you you're, you're self-guilting, like you are you're, you're just making guilt for yourself. You're making it like everybody swears that they can do something better. No, listen, it's very unpopular to hear this, and y'all can catch me for saying it, but there is nothing you can do if somebody decides to go through. There's nothing you can do. There's nothing you could have did better, oh, like unless that person wants that help that person wants you to help them they want your, your listening here like the uncomfortable conversation you can come over and you can talk i, I listen to everybody i don't glare out names and people who i have conversations with because that ain't my story to tell mm-hmm. I, you know if, if you if you've ever listened to the show i said oh yeah i had a conversation with a girl, yeah. or I had a conversation with this one guy, I, ne- I never say names unless I'm a part of that story. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like people who are who are thinking of many girls, teenagers, look, y'all have, life is rough, it does have a great moment, and it, it's a lot more than what you're going through right now. Because what you're going through right now, you can make it through, and you'll be better on the other side of it.
3: Yeah, and,
0: once, and once you learn how to cope With things now at this age Once you get older Those coping mechanisms that you've learned now They'll help you later on Okay so you when you yeah, When you say that you don't feel There's anything that someone could have done I I Would have you know my opinion I would have to disagree with that I, I always feel That there's always something that could have been done And even like once, and then once you do everything you feel you could have done, and it still happens, then it's different. But at least you try to help that person, right? So let's say, for example, with teenage suicide, us as parents, do you think that sometimes we get too wrapped up in our daily lives with work, household chores, and things that you know we have to do? We just kind of. It, don't want to use the word ignore but it, it's kind of the truth we kind of ignore the kids we don't give them the full attention they need let's say for example i'm gonna use my routine in the mornings i have alarms set you know for the time i have to get up By the time each child has to be up each child has to be dressed this one has to be out the door so sometimes you get so caught up in doing everything you have to do throughout the day like of course i'll have little conversations with them in the mornings but am I really paying attention to those conversations or I'm just having those conversations just to have them am I giving that conversation it's full attention that it deserves no because sometimes I'm having conversations with the kids and I can honestly say I'll ask them something they'll respond they'll respond whatever it is and I'm like oh okay and sometimes they catch me and they're like mom did you hear what I said i am like yeah they are like all right then repeat it and I can't I just give them an automatic response so they can feel that I'm paying attention. But I'm paying attention to the breakfast, or I'm paying attention to feeding the dog before I walk out the house. So certain things like okay. that, you know, I feel as parents, so, we get so wrapped up in every in our everyday life. Cause of course, whatever everything we do, work is for them. But sometimes we have I, to slow down.
1: I agree with you. I agree with you on that, right? And and I say it like this, and and I explain it. Mm-hmm. we are some we are some shitty ass great parents like we get we get so wrapped up in our shit right and we're trying to be we're trying to be better than our parents right but at the same time at the price of us being great we like like how you say it, the automatic response to the kids,
3: mm-hmm.
1: right when us shitty ass parents we're great now, don't get it twisted. We're great. We're just shitty with, we're shitty with uh, balance. We, we, you know, like if you were to, hey boy, let's do this. Mommy you know, like, but you're great at, you're great at being at work on time, making sure the dog fed, making sure the kids fed, making sure they have up the to, making sure they're fed, making sure they get their appointments, making sure this that. But you're not taking the time out to listen to them. Like, and I, I'm the same way. Oh, oh, my daughter, my daughter, let me have it. You gotta, you, you don't, you're not, you listening to me. Yeah, I am. No, no, you're trying. No, you're trying to find a solution for my problem. I want you to hear me, okay? Yeah. And then she, boom, she, she, and when she did that, she was like, "Yeah, you, you were there. You, you were there financially and this, anything asked for. But I don't want that all the time. I felt like shit." i felt like she was like you know she was like you tell me that you know this that and the other but i want to tell you my story and it was like all right i ain't it. i'm not i'm not your. okay so now i become better at listening to her when she wants to call me to vent you know sometimes our children want to vent like sometimes my daughter she's like dad I, i'm trying this i'm trying this i'm trying this. but you want me to you want me to be your ear or do you want me to help you through this problem i want you to be my ear right now But you know like we have to be better at that. Like so when my daughter was having some some issues, she she came to me and she was like, Thanks you know, like since I was you know, I I think that I was on the wrong path and you know, sometimes you just need somebody that you love to listen to you so you know, you can go the right way. But then it's like so we if someone was come to us, circle it back around, someone coming to us with their suicidal ideation and we are we're trying to give them solutions we're trying to give them solutions shut the fuck up you know like they come to you shut up listen yes. listen to what their needs are like okay now you're that fear for them okay well look we can go through this together you know look hey you you, you don't feel that you Let's go to, I'll go to counseling with you like certain things that there are that we can do but like you said at the end of that of trying if they still decide to do it it's like yeah I, I gave it my all I gave it my all but you know they had their mind up.
0: yeah at least you can walk away yeah. knowing that you tried your best um
1: Yeah. question
0: what is your meaning of a present parent
1: present, present parent right Yes, we all know we know that a present parent is, is a parent that's not just there for the social media not the social media parent. Yeah, he you know. Like you're not just you're not just me pers- I used to be the financial like like I just thought yeah, well, you need that? Okay, here. here. You need here. No. You have to be there physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. Right? And and, and through the growth process. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, like like having my kids made me grow up but at the same time helping them grow also helps me grow getting in tune especially my daughter getting in tune with her feelings made me question feelings, right and being present not just showing up to whatever event like being present in moments where you know like hey we haven't hung out in a while we haven't had a daddy-daughter date daddy-daughter lunch like we, we do we started that in It became we became closer. So whenever there's an issue, especially with her female issues, I didn't want to hear that. (laughs) I didn't want to hear none of that, none of it. But enough to come to me and talk to me. So I feel like I I turned it around and I became a better presence. (laughs) Okay.
0: Um. Not to get too personal, but it's just like to make an example. After you answer the question, with your daughter, you and the mom are not together. Correct. At what age did you guys break up? What age was your daughter?
1: Uh, Before my daughter turned two. Okay.
0: So during that process, during those early ages, were you present or were you just a provider?
1: I was there. I was present. I was there. um, Yeah, I was. I was there. Like we were young. We were young. We were young, and you know, like having her had me it put me in a whole totally different like i i, I can't oh i gotta be a provider i gotta do this i gotta do that i gotta do this so i would work two jobs get off in between jobs you know uh daycare was expensive back then I and mean, it's expensive now but being a teenage parent yeah you know like okay like i don't want i don't want to have to anybody else to count on us. so you know, I would be there to watch her in between jobs. And after we broke up, I was still there financially. And on the weekends, you know, what I'm saying like I tried to get her every weekend. If, if her mom had something to do, okay, every other weekend or three weekends out the month. To like, you know, like like I always tried to be there. Then I went to the military and I was gone for like years. And every time I came back, I was like, oh, I had to miss out time. I needed to time. I'd buy some stuff and. That really wasn't what she wanted. You know, okay. she just wanted to connect with her dad and 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 that. So, yeah, I, yeah, I think I asked the question. Yeah, yeah. the reason why I asked <laughs> okay. that
0: question with the age, I didn't want to get you know too deep into your. Oh no, but okay. a lot of times, you know, parents break up when the kids are at a young age, and usually, sorry to say this, men, but the men, you know, the children are usually with us. Ninety percent of the time, children stay with the mom, and. The absent parent is usually the father. And some fathers feel that at that young age, the child doesn't need them present there. They just feel that being providers is good enough. Seeing that child every now and again is okay because they're young. They're not going to remember those things. This is false. Completely false. I had my first son at an early age, too. I was 19 when I had my first son. And I remember when his dad and I broke up, I used to like try like to force him to come around you know we were young so we would constantly break up and make up break up and make up so there was like one phase when my son was less than one I was like you know he's not gonna know you your scent your voice and this and that he's like oh, he does his eat sleep and shit like I'm not missing out on anything and I used to hate when he used to say that because especially when it's your first child like you want to be present for everything right But as time went by, he still had that mentality that he's still young. He's not going to remember these things. And now that my son is 17, they don't have the bond that they should have. Because throughout those young years that he missed, that he felt didn't matter. Those are the years that mattered the most. Because those children get used to growing up without having you there. So now when you do try to become a present parent, they're looking at you like, what are you doing like? nah this doesn't feel right I'm used to my mom or my dad whoever is the parent that they're living with and they're looking at you like you're crazy right and also another thing that us parents have to remember too during the breakups is that every child is different I have four kids they're all different my oldest is very antisocial he likes what he likes he doesn't like people in his space that much my 13 year old he's more of an outgoing person right the twins are extra out there. They love any and everybody. Um, but, you know, with the boys, their dad always compares them. And he says that it's easier with him for, for him to deal with my 13-year-old because they have more things in common. It's easier for him to talk with him, Which I think is sucks and is stupid. Because just because you have more things in common with one child doesn't mean you neglect the other child. You know, you have to find things that you do have in common. If you don't like I research anime, my oldest loves anime. You see me looking up anime, this anime that I'm like, well, you know, show me (laughs) one new anime show you into. And even if I have zero interest in it, I will lay there in bed and watch it with him. As I'm watching, I'm asking questions and things like that. But those are examples of being a present parent kids need that they need to see that you actually are interested in things that they're interested in that you care enough to know what their favorite color is their favorite characters is you know their favorite food their likes their dislikes being a present parent is doing all of that you can be there financially for your kid they're not gonna give two fucks
1: you you know it's 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 like okay like you're right about you know like a lot of times the absent parent is a man right Mm -hmm. um and if you know like with my children's mother i told them like yo look we had a kid um fuck you you know it's about the kid first and they were like what do you mean i was like no i go hard for my kids you know like women i love y'all y'all can do this like y'all can do the like You know, like Uh like you know, relations. Yeah, relationships don't always work. Y'all can be replaced. Oh, when it comes to relationships. Okay. Yeah. 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 Like if if we, for example, if you and I are in a relationship and we have a kid, fuck you. You come second.
0: Yeah. Okay. I agree. You come second. Uh
1: Okay. You know what I'm saying? So, so but so then when if women, a lot of women. I'm not saying all women a lot of women are see that in a guy and they will weaponize the child like oh you love you gonna put this child before me excuse my language yes bitch mm-hmm. I am right because because that child depends on us you can go out and get married to another guy I can go get married to a woman whatever we still have to provide our responsibility is to provide for that child now if you wanna hurt me and there's a lot of there's a lot of guys who don't speak up enough about women who weaponize children because we're always played as a bad guy. Oh, he's not there. No, you, I, he's not there because the only way for him to be there is to be with Joe's house again. So nobody wants that. So now you put this child out in turmoil and now this child grows up all stuffed in the head. and oh God, it's, it's so frustrating because it's like men take a lot of crap and we, we, we are the victims and the villains in a lot of people's stories what that story is one side is and it's the story so deep and so many layers and so many chapters in people don't even care about the guy's story
3: anymore
1: mm-hmm. oh my god but why am i over here what happens
0: no, what happens is the only when females do that the ones that they're hurting are the children they need to
1: realize that. they are yeah they are like yeah you yeah you hurting a man you hurting a man but you're hurting your child yeah. because now your child wants to know well how come my daddy don't come around now you didn't because you you're you, a lot of women are too ashamed or or you know they to admit it that you know like oh yeah i put so that your daddy didn't want to be with me so he can't be around you no no motherfucker, that's not how that mm-hmm. works like yeah. i i am i am the dad i am the dad like i am the dad the type of dad like if if my child's mother was like, "Hey, thank him for the school year," without a, which I don't care how many hours I'm working. say, okay, this is my, this is my responsibility. He is my response he's my responsibility. Come on, let Your mama needs, your mama needs some time. Let's go. Listen, but I don't got, even get, get an go. hour break. I- but you, there are a lot. There are a lot of guys, like women, ladies, if you listen, listening. actual your, your, your child's father, your husband, like Ayo, hey, take the kids for a weekend. I do. I don't want to do. I don't want to be a mom for a weekend. Take the kids. I do. And i would be don't surprised get it. how many guys will actually take their kids.
0: Yeah, I, I'm not that lucky. I guess I don't even get a few hours. I, you know
1: what? It's crazy <laughs> that I
0: ask for only a few hours. I'd be like, you know, can you? Take them for two or three hours, just so I can just lay down, watch TV, no interruptions. Use the bathroom, no interruptions. I don't even get that, <laughs> All right? But it is what it is. You know, I'm a mom of four. It's been 17 years. I've been with my kids 24 seven from the oldest to my youngest, the twins that are six. So I'm already used to it. So I can't. I'm not uh, gonna sit here and complain if there's no solution to it. It is what it is, right? <laughs> But like you were saying, a lot of women use these, you know, use their kids against their men. And I, my opinion, I feel that when they do this and the child grows up, you know, wondering why dad doesn't come around, why dad doesn't love me, that leads to the mental health issues within the kids.
1: Man, it does. It really does. Like, and I'll say, um, like my daughter, she acts like, I never... I never want to be bad on my children's Ever. Ever. Until my daughter had got older and she asked, what happened? And I told her. And she was like, that, uh, that's not what happened. That's what happened. Here's proof. What? You, you know, like, like, it came out. Like, everything that actually happened. And they had that conversation. So it was, it was a pretty awkward conversation for them. But it's like, I, I will be, I will always be 100% upfront with my children. And it's like, look, this is the role I play. And this is the bad shit that dad did. And this is what else that dad did. This is what else that dad did. But here's the proof that I tried to do this. And it was shut down, it was weaponized. And I don't mean like, you know, like I waited till my daughter was an adult before we had this conversation, but. It was one of those eye-opening conversations, and why is it like that? Why was it like? I mean, we, had, we, we recently had this conversation again. Like, why? Why be like that? Why do that to somebody? I mean, you want to hurt somebody's feelings, take something away from them that they love.
3: Yeah,
1: I. You know, remember. try to, try to keep try to keep uh, what they love the most away.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. When
0: um, the boy's dad and I broke up, my oldest was four, and at four, I remember him blaming me he was like oh it's your fault um dad you know because we broke we were living together we broke up we, i moved out i moved back with my mom so he started you know being depressed at four right and he would constantly cry and blame me that was my fault for always arguing with daddy but he didn't know why i was arguing with daddy still to this day he's 17 and he doesn't know now, when he gets older, if he ever wants to know, I will tell him, but I'm not, like you said, I'm not gonna sit here and tell him things. But now that he's older, I'm sure he's noticed things as the years have gone by. Don't talk anything negative to your kids about, you know, the absent parent. About the go- yeah, exactly. They're gonna notice exactly what it is. All right, so I wanna talk about the three main types of mental health issues within teens, right? The first one is generalized anxiety which is defined as excessively worrying about everyday matters. Number two is social phobias, a.k.a. social anxiety, a severe feeling of self-consciousness and insecurity in social settings. And number three, which is the mean one, my opinion it's not good to say one is worse than the other because they kind of all fall together. But depression is a persistent feeling of sadness, anxiety, and emptiness. So when it comes to generalized symptoms for all of these things, parents, some things that you could look out for are changes in the grades. Like the 15 year old teen said in her letter, her grades started to drop. Her parents just got her a tutor without trying to dig deep and see what was going on. Little signs that as parents, we just think, oh, you know, probably the subject is hard or they're having a hard time. Sit down, talk to your kids, ask them, is there something going on that your grades are dropping? you never even know if their grades are dropping in school because they're being bullied in school or something. You just never really know. It doesn't hurt to sit down and ask your kids questions. Another thing to look out for is changes in their sleep pattern, energy level, appetite, motivation, and concentration with things they do. Any other generalized symptoms you want to add there that you've noticed when it came? I to think you hit
1: the big three like that that social anxiety that you want to be accepted what was the first you said the first one the, the first one, one was,
0: was generalized anxiety like just regular generalized.
1: anxiety generalized yeah. just regular. okay so like so the generalized anxiety is, is just being that's just everybody that, right? everybody. Yeah. we all we all have anxiety for that right but then you get those other two right so you're not being socially accepted you know the grades are dropping and then you can't really make plans or you know the plans you, you, you think that people don't like you
0: yes you and, think and people other, are judging
1: I, you exactly then you then you throw in and it doesn't help that we have social media it's like so huge right now snapchat uh uh, uh ig i don't really think kids use instagram but i mean facebook but you know like you got you're being judged oh i ain't not get that tick-tock i ain't get that many, many views. so now now you're, you, you're giving children access to be judged by people they don't fucking know yes. now that leads to depression like you, know, it's, you already have anxiety you all have some anxiety. now you just add oh I'm not being accepted I'm not being like this can't get that many views this can't get that many comments that da, 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 da. oh now I'm depressed like we setting our kids up to fucking failure, especially if you're not involved in their life they, every day. Mm-hmm. I have this thing. I have this thing that, like, at dinner time, how was your day? Every, every fucking day. How was your day? When I'm eating, how was your day? What happened? This, that, and the other. Anything you want to talk about. Daily. Daily. Do you allow the, you phones so, Do you no, the phones during dinner?
0: No, hell no. Hell no. yeah, hell.
1: yeah. Ain't no phones. <laughs> No phones, no iPads, no tablets. Say the fuck off. tiktok don't even have a fucking phone in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Sit at sit at or the dining room table. Sit down. Let's eat together. Like we need to. I think we need to bring that back because if you don't know what the fuck is going on with your like with your child, and then you're finding out oh now nah, they report card came in and their grades are bad. Well, shit, their grades didn't just get bad. Yeah. it was it was a problem. Like if when you're more involved in your children's lives now that now that, i'd rather my kids be mad that i'm in their life mm-hmm. asking about what the fuck's going on oh you like that little boy oh oh, you, you like yeah. that little
0: girl huh? my kids say i'm annoying that i ask so many questions and they so? call me weird they'd be like you be asking the weirdest questions be like because i want to so? know ain't nothing so? wrong i had to
1: make sure my i had to make sure my phone call my phone i'm like hey man you watching your penis right <laughs> we'll do it yeah, come on now, man no are you, you are you listening to penis and, and watching your program? you doing all of that no no i need to know this yes. i need to make sure that you ain't out here making me look bad because you ain't watching the dog and th- this is weird this is weird i don't give a i'm your daddy i'm like your ass I'm mean, yes everything you got i got uh-huh. yo you listen got arch it. i don't care if i'm i don't care if i make my kids you know if i give my kids that type of anxiety i'm okay with that yeah. my dad's gonna check on me my, my dad's gonna check on me my dad crazy like that he he wants to know what i got going on mm-hmm. really like a lot of invent when 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 Especially my daughter, when her friends hear that, like, "Do yeah, your dad talk like that?" Yeah, that's that, my dad's my best friend. When she said that, that was the best compliment I fucking ever had. Yeah. As an adult,
3: uh-huh. as an
1: adult, like, oh my god, people, people, check on your kids. Kid in a lie, like, just have a a moment where y'all just eat something that y'all just y'all just do together. Like you said, you and your oldest, y'all do the anime. Yeah, that's some, that's a y'all thing. That's mm-hmm. a y'all thing. Like, like, and it annoys don't him
0: it annoys the shit out of him when I walk in his <laughs> yeah. room and I want to watch anime he was like oh I'm doing something i am be like alright so when you're done doing what you're doing let me know and I'll come back and he won't come get me but you'll see me an hour later <laughs> okay I'm ready to watch some anime, made some popcorn he would be like you're so annoying okay I love you too I don't care how you annoying I am an we're gonna watch anime, you're gonna tell me about this he would be like don't be asking me 21 questions I'll be like but I don't know, I want to know <laughs> and whenever he sees me asking his younger brother questions because my 13 year old has like a little girlfriend and i'll ask 21 questions and he's like you're weird why are you asking these questions because i need to know i already had the sex talk with them years i started like about three years ago right 17 13 i started three years ago And they were looking at me like, why are you doing this? I grabbed a banana, showed them how to put on a condom. Oh my God, this is so embarrassing. Started showing them pictures of this and that. And they were embarrassed. They kept telling me I was weird, but I don't care. We're gonna have these conversations because you wanna know what? My parents didn't have these conversations with me. I learned about sex in school. Back then, you know, we had sex ed. I don't think they do that anymore. And yeah, I learned in school and from my friends. I don't want them to do that.
1: And that's why we were young. That's why we were young parents, too. Because we learned. We didn't have any conversations. We learned from. We learned how awesome sex was from our friends and from school. How good it felt. Oh,
0: shit. Really? I want to try that. I still remember the day I lost my virginity, okay? I was like, this is what everybody's talking about. I lost my virginity. Didn't have sex again until another two years. Until I was ready. Because. I was just... I wanted to see what was the hype. I was like... And I was just there like, what? No, no, no. I'm okay. I'm good. I'm good. I can wait. This is not... This is not what it's cracked up to be. And I tell the boys that story I all the time. I'm like, you know, I was the only girl in high school with all my friends being a senior and they were talking about you know sex this sex that I hadn't even kissed my boyfriend yet I had all I did was tap kiss I hadn't even made out with him yet and then it finally came and I was just like no and I share that story with them so they can see you know just because your friends experience certain things it doesn't even have to be sex it can be alcohol it can be drugs and they can tell you oh this feels amazing that feels amazing just because it feels amazing to them doesn't mean it's gonna feel amazing to you. Wait That's for your fact. time.
1: That's a fact. Like I, 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 I was can't. terrible. I, 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 wanted to. Okay, this is, I. Think I lost my at six or seven. What?
0: Years old? Yeah, I was. Ter- you sure you didn't mean to say 16, yeah, you- 17? No.
1: No, no. I say what I said. It was um it was uh uh right. I was I was fucking terrible. I was bad. I was bad as shit. And and I'm trying to remember it it happened, it happened twice on the same day. What? It was on Does so that mean I have church. to have this it talk on... with
2: Emma and Jacob already?
1: Hey, listen, look it look, hey, hey, it was coming back from like camp on the bus and then I used, to try, I used to build clubhouses, right? <laughs> so I had this clubhouse behind these bushes and the strawberry patch. I was like seven. Terrible. I was fucking terrible, Barbie. Did you tell your parents? Fucking, Hell no, I ain't tell my parents. Jesus. Jesus Christ.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. Well, that's going to be another yeah. story for story time one day. <laughs> Guys, I'm going to make sure I get we get more details for that. but Not today. Oh, God. All right, so let's get back on track. So suicide warning signs, right? I don't mean to go back to this to-, to this topic, but if you don't mind, when it came to your brother, you said that the signs were there. What signs do you feel were there that you saw or that any family member saw but didn't, you know, think anything of it,
1: really? My brother, he, you know, he... He, he tried okay, I I I'll say this. It's it, you know, like I'm I'm not speaking real on him. Um, you know, he tried. He, he tried to he jumped in front of a train. Uh, like a, a you know the, the what's the little you know, like like y'all got what y'all got there, the L, the six? You know the train, yeah, right? Regular like
0: train, the train, thing. yeah.
1: Subway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well here and in California a lot of our trains are above ground. Okay. And he, he, he was in San Diego and he said that someone pushed him. You know, we contact, you know, mother contacted uh, the tra- uh, public transportation and they were like, ain't hey, no bitch. They had video there, but like, nobody pushed him. You know, he tried. Messed his leg up, mess his arm up, messed his back up. You know, um, he tried jumping out of the window. He used to play with guns, but he was scared of them and stuff like that. Um, he 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 tried. He, he had been trying since he was like thirteen. Okay. Right. And I guess I you know like and he just like man you hey man you need it hey man you need some attention why are you doing this for attention blah we were we were terrible at it right and it was like the entire time he was saying I need help somebody help me just and yeah, um. I personally used to say, it's terrible for me to say it like, I'm like, man, look, you need to, I used to try to tell him like, hey, man, you need to, you need to go to school or work, you know what I'm saying? You, so you can have something for yourself. You'll be proud of yourself. You'll feel better about yourself. That was not the case. That was not what, he, I mean, that is not what he wanted or anything like that. And I kept trying to pressure my lifestyle of working and making your own money and building something for yourself. I kept trying to push that on him. he wasn't ready for the, He wasn't ready for that journey yet. You know uh everybody else you know go back to school do something blah, 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 you know like everybody tried to give him their version of how he could be successful and the entire time he was like mentally he wasn't he wasn't hearing anything he was fucking saying and those were some of the signs like my mom we tried to put him in um my mother sent him to like a a, a hospital and they gave him medication. He was like, I don't want it. You know, he was denying the medication. He broke out. He climbed down the side of the building. They called him. It was just a lot of stuff that he was doing that just wasn't normal. And we just saw, like, oh, he's a baby boy. He wants to edge." Uh-huh. And we didn't look at the pattern. You know, we really wasn't talking about it. We just, like, how it annoyed us, how what he did, what he did to me or what he did to my sister or what he did to my brother. But, but you know, like, we all just had... But we never... Thing together, like, yo, we need to get him help. Yeah. Okay, one one example: he rode a bike from Cleveland, Ohio, to Pennsylvania oh, on the highway. On the highway, yeah, found- yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like certain things that he would do. Like, man, what you do that for? I don't know. You know, like he was kind of curious about it, but he was asking for help, and he just ignored the shit up. It that's, was a that's it was
0: a That's one of the signs that I was gonna talk about is um, different things they do. That we look at it as them seeking for attention, but it's kind of their way of crying out for help because they don't know how to ask was. for help.
1: It will. Exactly. Yeah. It will.
0: So that's why us as parents, it, it, we have to look at these little things. Sometimes, you know, especially with teenagers, we're think we're thinking they're going through a phase where they're trying to find themselves or they're acting out just because they're teenagers. I don't think anyone just acts out to act out even younger kids if they're acting out it's for a reason either they want attention something is wrong like something is going on for example um my young the twins i have twins boy girl the boy he suffers from adhd and odd so in the beginning you know i would notice that he was always hyper he would go through phases where he would when i tell you act out act out get Extremely violent. It it was just something out of my control. Nothing I was ever used to. So what I started to do was I'm a Google freak. I Google everything. I started to research things and I started reading. Of course, I told his doctor, and of course, some doctors say, you know, their kids, you know, they're hyper. Just let them burn out their energy. I kept reading and doing research, and I started noticing that the things that I was his symptoms associated with ADHD and ODD so I brought it up to his doctor and he got evaluated and that's exactly what it was so I educated myself number one and then number two you know I wasn't in denial a lot of parents are in denial they don't want their child to be classified as something you know they don't want their child to be labeled once he got evaluated and it came up that he had ADHD and ODD the first thing was medication I was like no I don't want that to be the first thing we do We're going to do therapy and you guys, I need you to help me to understand and cope and how to deal with his phases and everything that he's going through because it was a lot for me and I'm not one of those parents that like to hit my children, but he would get me to that point because I would not know what to do, especially when he would hit his sister, hit the dog, like he was going through phases like that where he was, you know, being violent. And it's like, you know, punishing him wasn't working. So it was a lot for me. So it came to the point where I had to start the medication. But I only agreed to medication that I was able to give him when I felt he needed it. I didn't want any medication not where, not yes, where he had to be on it. And if I wanted to stop it, he had to get weaned off of it. No. So, you know, that's what we are on now. And then when it came for school um you know i was like i want an iep he needs to help in school as well because in school he was acting out and i still remember the counselor in school when he called me so the counselor was like you sure you want to do this you sure you want to create an iep for your son that's going to follow him the rest of his life he's going to be labeled da-da-da-da. i was like yeah i'm sure i said because i'd rather have him be labeled as you know for whatever condition he has instead of being labeled as a problem child and he's gonna be looking yeah. at as a kid that has no control that you know his parents don't care i was like i need the school system to know that i care i understand what he's going through and the same way he has the help at home he needs it in school so
1: you know a lot of times yo, it's a- when we I'm do sorry, look for the it cut you off. Go ahead. Yeah. no 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 because it's something you said like it's something that a lot of parents are in denial. Mm-hmm. And you, like, with, with, when you said that, you were like, I, didn't, I wasn't in denial. I wanted to give him the hope that he needed. And then even the counselor tried to, oh, you know, you sure about this? Yeah. I want what's best for my child. What's going to help him be successful? And a lot of parents are not, a lot of parents would be like, oh, kid, something wrong with me, or something wrong with that man. And listen, no, like, you know, things, things happen. and. Don't be in denial, just get your baby the help you need. I'm sorry, I didn't want to cut you off, but when you said that, like, I know a lot of women who are in denial, yes. or men who are in denial, and they don't want to get their child the help that they need. Now, instead of getting them the help that they need, now they child out here in juvie. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Or, or on their way to jail or just acting out because they never got the help needed, but you paid attention to the signs. You educated themselves you got him the help that he needs and it became a better situation and he asked for help how do I do this mm-hmm. I don't want to do it this way I want to do it this way so you still have some control I'm sorry I didn't to talk you no, off it's okay. when you said that I, I felt it I, I felt it because there are a lot of people need to hear this part. this, this part alone this this alone get your child to help they need yeah. stop, stop being selfish stop being selfish and being in denial
0: stop ignoring stop ignoring the science basically and you know how hard it was for him to do homeschool and then another thing that i, I can I only did was, and he's only six you know i would sit down and talk to him i would talk 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 to him and it came a point where you know he was listening to the words i was saying because it was one day when he was online doing the homeschool and he was just fidgety he was moving around i was like jacob please stay still he, and he started crying. He was like, Mommy, I'm trying to stay still, and I can't. I can't do it. I'm trying. You know how that broke my heart for a six-year-old to tell me that he's trying and he can't? So he understood. He started understanding. Why? Because I understood what he was going through, and I was reassuring him that I understood. So I needed him to know that we were there together, you know? So this times mm. now when he's starting to act up, and he already— it's sad i hate it but he already knows when i when i'm going to the cabinet to get his medication he already knows what the medication does for him he has a medication to calm him down and he has a sleeping medication because he also has sleeping problems so this time he he hates taking medication so when it comes to it's time to go to sleep and i see his laying, he can't go to sleep i'm like jacob you want to try the medication or you think you can do it yourself we'll have that conversation And he'll be like, you know, I'm gonna try to go, yeah. He'd be like, I'm gonna try to go to sleep by myself. We turn everything off and he'll try. And 90% of the time he does it. Before he was on that sleeping medication every day, continuously. Now he's not when it comes to his ODD. And I see, because sometimes the ODD and the ADHD kind of kicks in around the same time. So he's super hyper and super aggressive. So what I do with him, I tell him, I'd be like, Jacob, sit down. He'd be like, what? Am I acting bad? i am like, no, no, I just need you to calm down because I'm scared your heart is going to race too fast and you can get sick. I used the heart thing on him because he can feel the palpitations. I'd be like, you see, your heart is racing too fast. We got to relax. There's no drinking juice today, nothing but water. So I'm making him aware of what his body's going through so he can learn how to handle it now at a young age. Ooh. That way when he gets older, he won't have to be one of those guys on medication. And if he does need it, It'll be his last resort. He knows, like, you know, if I can't handle this on myself, I have this right here to help me. But that's not my go-to thing. My go-to is the things that my mom taught me as I was growing up.
1: Oh! Giving him the tools necessary to succeed. Yeah, because it's, it. it's hard. It's it's really,
0: really hard. And I don't want, you know, he's a handsome young man, and he's a black man, <laughs> and we already know how it is in society. Yeah. You're already your chances of being anything is a little less than normal for any other person. So I don't want him to be labeled as this quote-unquote crazy, outraged teenager, black teenager that can't control himself and would never amount to anything. You know, at least now as a child and moving forward, I'm doing everything I can do, and I'm teaching him that way. One day when I'm not here, he knows what to do.
1: That's You know, that's a lot of a lot of mothers need to take and fathers take that accountability on giving their children the tools necessary to succeed not just being successful like in material but like teaching him about his body, like teaching him about you know his 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 behavior hey let's try it this way hey like when you said the whole you you gave him that option so now he as a man as as a man like like mm-hmm. I'm in control. I'm in control. I got this. I got this right. And then at six, your mind is everywhere. Mommy said I can do this. I, she gave me the option, and I took it. And I'm in control. I'm gonna make myself go to sleep. Like you don't, y'all don't understand. I mean, like y'all hear this and y'all don't understand what it does to a man to know that he's in control of his, of him, of himself at six years old about how what happens to his body. That boy, that boy's gonna be all right. That boy's gonna be all right. Yeah, he's, he's, a,
0: he's, a, he's a smart boy, too. He's my little baby, he's, he says he's my father. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the other day, sidebar, we're gonna get back on track. I'm sorry, but the other day, there was a flood downstairs, right? So, my super calls me, he's like, Could you do me a favor? Could you turn on your shower? Because I want to see what line the water's coming from. So, I have the super on the speaker, and he hears a man's voice. He was like, Who's that? I was like, it's the super. He was like, why does the super have your number? Why are you guys on the phone together? I was like, because <laughs> there's a leak downstairs and he wants to know. That's another thing. A lot of people tell me that I shouldn't, um, if my kids ask me questions, I shouldn't answer them. I treat them the way I want to be treated. So, you know, even though they're six, if they're asking me a question because they're unsure of something and I can answer it, I'm going to answer it. So I was like, you know, there's a leak downstairs. He wants to know whatever, whatever and he looked at me he was like oh okay he wanted to make sure that it was a regular conversation not a romantical conversation and after that he was like you know since your daddy's not here because my dad passed away a few years ago he was like I'm your new daddy so like, I'm going to take care of you I was like okay <laughs> thank you <laughs> <laughs> oh, so he's gonna, he's going gonna right. to he's gonna know how to lead ladies I'm raising a man that's going to know how to lead and not be afraid to lead all right, so, back to suicide warning signs and, um, you know, our teenagers. So, mood swings, dramatic mood swing swings, will be one of them. Um, reckless behavior or risky activities, meaning doing things that they wouldn't normally do without thinking. Thinking they're just doing shit just to do it, not caring about the consequences. Withdrawal from family and friends, expressing that they have no reason to live. Or don't see any purpose in life and feel hopeless that's a huge red flag right there another one would be alcohol and drug intake like I said earlier you know sometimes they'll look for things to kind of ease the pain and eventually that doesn't work anymore and they lead to other things and rage out of control anger and giving away prized possessions I've heard of this before you know if teenagers giving away things that mean a lot to them like you know giving it to their siblings and oh here i don't want this anymore i'm not gonna need this anymore you can have this it could be the simplest thing that could be a huge
1: reflect even yeah, when you know it's that's so true no i'm saying that 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 is true mm-hmm. that is real true when people know that their time is almost up they start giving away things mm-hmm. yeah.
0: even with older people that's all i was about to say it's like they be knowing and they're like, oh, here, you can have this, this chain and, you know, guess, just in case one day I'm not here anymore, you have this and little things like that. Parents, we need to listen to everything that they say, pay attention to everything they do because a lot of times they're asking for help, not verbally, but with the actions that, you know, they're taking and when they do, we have to look for help. You know there's always someone out there to talk to, therapy is always an option. Um, my oldest, I remember one time he was his attitude was crazy, and everybody was like, You know, it's the teenage thing. Yes, I understand teenage go teenagers go through their little hormonal phases or whatever. There was one day I took his cell phone away. He's like, Oh, I hate you, I'm gonna kill myself. That's exactly what he said. You know what, I did you're gonna kill yourself, 911 yes um my son just said he's gonna kill himself ems came cops came took him to get evaluated i do not play say it once that's all it takes i'm not gonna give you a chance to say it again we went and while we in the ems he's like why did you do this i was like why did you say that i said that thought shouldn't even be in your head you should never get that upset where you should where you feel that killing yourself is the solution we get to the hospital, the EMS worker pulls me to the side. Again, somebody and working in these fields, trying to, you know, keep us parents from doing what we have to do. EMS worker tells me, You sure you wanna do this to your son? He's like, You know this is gonna stay on his record, right? I said, Yeah, I'm sure. I said, I need him to understand that killing himself is not an option when he's angry. I said, So if he said it joking, he's in a no not to joke around like this with me again and if he's really feeling that way i need him to get help so when he got evaluated thank god you know he was fine he was just upset that i took away his phone but the same thing that i told the ems worker the psychiatrist told him it's not something you play with and you should be grateful that you have a mother that took that seriously
1: yo look If we as parents start doing that, oh man, like taking it that serious, you know, because a kids, teenagers. Oh my God! You took away my phone. You took away my iPad. I can't watch TV. Uh, oh, the no Xbox. Ex- oh, oh, if 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 you think about taking your life over something simple like that, that can be re- that that seems like that could be replaced. Yes. Yeah. You're right, you're right, you should never get that angry or upset to even joke. Oh my god, I'm gonna kill kill myself, right? Motherfucker, don't joke about that Mm -hmm. at all. Like, my, you know, my older, she'd tried it before. I was like, don't joke about that. Mm -hmm. And then she had, and then she had remembers that her uncle had, had like recently, and she's like, oh, damn, I'm sorry. sorry." And like, yeah, don't joke about that. Like, yeah. You know, because we all know someone who gets who has that. Yes. Yeah, you don't know about that.
0: Mm-hmm. And then me working in the medical field in the ER for so many years, I see it. I've seen it happen yeah. with, you know, adults, teenagers, and even small kids as well. It happens. And then when he said it, he said it in front of his younger sibling. So what are they going to do? They're sponges. They're going to f- repeat it. They were going to try f- to repeat it. So when we came home that night. Usually, you know, they keep them for observation for over 24 hours. Luckily, it was a hospital I was working in at, at that time. So they understood what was going on and they trusted me enough to, you know, bring him home because they knew I was educated enough on the things because I used to work in the psych ward at that time. So when we come home, you know, I had a talk with all four of them and I explained to them because they were crying because they saw the cops and they saw EMS. They were crying. And I explained to them exactly why I did what I did, no matter. And, you know, this happened like three years ago. And even the twins, they were young. I'm sure they understood something from it because those words have not been repeated in this house ever since that time. It's not something you play with.
1: They they knew the cops were there. They knew the the cops were there. Whatever he
0: said, I ain't saying ever. Don't want mommy to call the cops on me. And I'm sure, you know, some parents would be like, oh, how you call the cops on your own kids? Like, you have to be here to help your kids. You can't sugarcoat anything. You can't, you know, just turn the blind eye. You have to do, as a parent, you have to do what you have to do to help your kids. Because if you don't do it, no one else is. They're going to go looking in the streets for somebody to pay attention to them. Give them some sort of attention. And usually the attention they get in the streets is not the attention they need. You'll be lucky if they yeah, find awesome. a mentor in the streets that's going to actually fulfill the needs that you're not fulfilling at home. So whatever it is that you have to do, do it. Now, there's a lot of times. I'm going to try that.
1: What?
3: I'm going to
0: try that.
1: The whole, oh, my God, you took my phone. Oh, my God, I'm going to kill myself. Oh, oh, you are? I'm going to call the I'm going to you call No, know honestly, do it.
0: Got, you know, I'm hoping yeah, those words yeah, yeah. don't come out. But if it does, yeah, so they can see it's not a game. Kids oh, like yeah. to test oh, us. Oh, yeah. They live testing us. So okay, now, now I'm gonna test you. Let's see how how real you are about this situation. While you know he was evaluated, while he was waiting to for his turn to be evaluated, he was in a room with a whole bunch of suicidal teenage kids, teenage kids that had different mental health illnesses. So he was a witness of, and then, you know, when you go to a psych ward, they take your clothes away. You're in ho- yes, yeah. they, you're in a hospital robe and those hospital pants. Like he had, they had to strip search him. They did all of that. So he had to experience that. And all of that showed him that it's not a game. He was around kids cursing and fighting. There were like two fights. Within the couple of hours that he was there So it's not a game Mental health is not a game And a lot of kids like to use it Against their parents like oh I'm depressed Are you really depressed or are you just saying you're depressed Because you want me to feel bad for you And get you that game that you want Or something you know So kids need to know that it's not a game It's okay to suffer from mental health issues It's okay to seek help But it's not okay to use it against your parents Just to get what you want
1: at all. At all. And you off. see, you and see that. Getting, they, 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 they getting smart. They getting very And they and they're definitely using it. Oh, my God. You guys just don't listen to me. I yeah, do. Yeah. you talking about? I've heard this, 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 Okay, but that's not what I meant. That's what you're mm-hmm. But you, like, your, your kids hate when you listen to them. They hate when you listen. To them. And then when they're on their, and then when they're just talking about rambling on about nothing and nonsense. You never listen to me. What? Mm -hmm. You don't get out of my face. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. No, but like, yeah, kids are definitely weapons. Kids, parents, if we were, I guess, if we were more involved and more attentive, we would start seeing how our children are weaponizing mental health for them. Now, you said you're depressed because you didn't get that game, or are you upset? Well, I'm upset because I really want the game. That's a want. It's mm-hmm. a need. You know, you need the necessities. Food, water, shelter, you know, clothing. Those are needs. What you want is not priority. I need to make sure that you're fed. I need to make sure that you're uh, good in health. I need to make sure that, you know, you get the proper sleep you need. Now, all of the extra stuff, we can have a conversation about that. But, yeah, parents, please be The to your children. Yeah. Me, not their walk
0: Yes, educate yourself and educate them as well, because a lot of yes, times, exactly. yeah, they think that depression just because they're angry, oh, that means I'm suffering from depression. Sit down, if they, if you know, if your child tells you, oh, I'm depressed or I'm anxious or whatever, sit down, ask them. Okay, you're feeling this way. Tell me what it is you're feeling. What is the definition of depression for you? yeah and then you hear them out and see what they say because you know they use these words freely because they hear it on songs and you know see it on social media whatever it is and they're using it thinking they're using it the right way and they're not so don't ignore it listen to it sit down listen to what they got to say about it and educate them and if it is and always remind them that if they are feeling these ways these things and feeling depressed it's okay to talk about it it's okay to get help Help is always around. Okay, so one last thing, right? You know, there's always those people mm-hmm. that don't want the help. What would be your advice for the parents dealing with a team that doesn't want to get help?
1: For the for the ones who don't want the help, who need the help the Yes. Um. Again, knowing like this personally, knowing that I don't want no help, I don't need no help. I needed the most fucking hmm I, you know, you know, I grew up guard and and battle wounds and i don't need no help i don't need no help fella especially guys you know we need to take down that shield of pride and, and and be vulnerable for a moment be vulnerable with your children be vulnerable with your children and and it's the most it's the most rewarding thing ever to to know that if you're the type of person that don't need help i don't need no motherfucking help you need the most help like, you know, you don't want, you don't want your children to pick up that trait about not wanting help. And then they're struggling and they're trying to keep their head above water, but they don't want the fucking help because they hurt your ass. Today. And now something bad, happens, right? So even when, even when, like, I talked to, I talked to, talk to some kids, some teenagers about Oh man i don't need no help i'm out here that no man you need the most help what's up you know like how's this how's it how's, how's it great blah, 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 blah. like when you start talking to children they'll, they'll open up and they'll talk to you mm-hmm. they'll talk to you because because like you you're not there to judge them like family judges you worse than a fucking stranger yes. and and you know like i would i i could tell my problems to a stranger because what i probably never see you again in my life you know, you ain't gonna throw that. You're not gonna use that up against me. So that's how I look at. That's, that's how I look at therapy. That's how I look at like podcasting. You know, some of these people I never meet ever, ever. And I, I don't. I don't care about the stories that I tell. It's like, hey, man, that dude got a wild ass story. Listen to it. Sometimes you might get something from it. But yes, yeah, dealing with your children who say they don't need help, they need. They definitely need the most help. There is no way around it. You just gotta. You got to get out of your own way, get out of your, you know, remove your ego, your pride, and be vulnerable with the children.
3: (laughs) Yeah, being vulnerable (laughs) is,
0: I think, is the main thing. For example, I suffer from depression, right? And um, Mm -hmm. I went through a terrible phase where I had to start taking medication. And my kids weren't understanding why I didn't want to cook, why I wanted to be in bed, why mommy changed, Right. So one day I had to sit down. Of course, with my two oldest, not the youngest. They're too young to understand that. I sat down with them and I told them, I said, "Listen, this is what's going on. I suffer from depression. I'm going through an episode right now. I'm on medication. The medication makes me feel this way. The depression makes me feel that way. I don't want you to think that I don't want to speak to you. I don't want to cook for you. I'm just there. This is why I'm there." And they started crying. Mm. And as I explained everything to them, it helped them understand. They thought that I was just angry at the world or I don't know what else they thought, but they just thought that I, at that moment, they told me, oh, we just thought that you didn't really care. And I was like, this is why I was feeling this way. And they understood
1: it. Let me ask you, let me ask you a question. Like, you know, when you suffer from depression as a parent and, you know, you are the, the, the sole, the provider of the household, the, everybody comes to you with their problems like and you said you know you said you, you, you were having an episode did you feel like did you feel like that that um that you weren't so I mean like was it harder to tell your children that you weren't yourself
0: no it wasn't harder I think I, it made me feel better after I told them because in the beginning they kept looking at me like like they were upset like they were disappointed That I wasn't doing the things I normally did. And I didn't want them to think that it was because, you know, my boys are teenagers. I I didn't want them to think I was probably going through something with a guy or something. So once I explained to them what it is that I was going through, moving forward now. Because, you know, I still suffer from depression. I go through my phases. Now when they see certain things, they know my signs and symptoms. They already know. Or if I tell them, I'm not having a good day today. I'm going to need you guys to help me they'll help with the twins they'll understand that you know I'm not in the mood to do certain things where before it was like what you mean you're not cooking you haven't cooked in two or three days like Chinese food pizza we're tired of that so now when I'm like guys I don't I'm not feeling good I'm not having a good day there right now so it made it made it a whole lot easier for me once I opened up to them so I can understand that it, it makes it a whole lot easier. Dare
2: to be touched? Here's the quote of the day.
0: All right, Eric, we've had an amazing episode so far. I usually do hour episodes, but it's been going great with you. We passed my hour mark. So guys, if you're still listening. I'm sure you are because we've just been speaking about the Emperor Greatness and giving you guys the best advice and knowledge that we can So to close out, I usually, you know, give a quote and a little last piece of advice. So for today's quote, it can go for both parents and teens if you're listening. Mental health is not a destination, but a process. It's about how you drive, not where you're going. You know, don't let mental, just because you're suffering from mental health, don't let, don't think that that's the end of the road for you. The way you navigate it, the way you educate yourself and work through it is what's going to help you get to where you need to be. Parents, the main three things that I would advise you to do is, number one, encourage your kids that, you know, encourage them, remind them that it's okay to, if they're suffering from mental health illness, encourage them to look for help, tell them that it's okay to, you know, feel vulnerable at the moment and seek help. Number two is communicate. Communicate with them that you're there for them and that whatever it is that they need, that you're going to be involved with them every step of the way, which leads to the support. Number three is support. Support your kids from day one. Don't be in denial and, you know, do whatever you have to do for your kids to be there and help them be a better them. Don't let mental health... Mental health is illness. And tongue twisted. Don't let their mental health illness you know, feel like the end of the road for them always remind them that there's more to look forward to Eric?
1: um first thank you for having me on your show buddy of course thank um you I appreciate me. it you know I I need to take you over your hour mark but you know we, we just we talk <laughs> um my quote that I'm going to leave is um parents you know pay attention to your children um listen to your children um talk to your children you can know your children. Don't just be a parent and be, be active, be present. Um, if you're not present, be present. Remember that they are humans. They're not machines. They're not soldiers They just follow all orders. They have emotions, they have thought processes. They're learning who they are. Be active, be present. Help them, help guide them through this journey of life so they don't have the mental health issues or they know how to navigate through the mental health issues that's all you know but again buddy thank you i appreciate you having me on um, i love this conversation.
0: yes it was it was amazing and i'm glad that i picked you to you know have the conversation with because all the advice you gave was amazing one last thing i want to leave you guys with is some hotline numbers So this is the USA National Suicide Hotline number. It's a 24-7 number. And the number is 1-800-SUICIDE. And then I also have a number for teens. It's a teen-to-teen hotline number. It's area code 714-NEW-TEEN. And they're open from 5 to 9 p.m. I'm going to put both numbers on the description so you guys can have them there if needed. Eric, let them know where they can find you
1: and when you release and all that good stuff all right um Eric, barbie calls me by my first name um i am i am you know that one guy uh that's U K N O. k-n-o that's the number one guy on instagram and twitter uh follow me at the uncomfortable conversation podcast or wherever you listen to the podcast at um twitter to convo uh, also Catch me Mondays and Thursdays on Romance Logic Podcast. on Instagram, Logic Podcast. podcast. I don't be knowing this. I'll put. I I, I need to write it down. I got you. (laughs) I need to be writing it down. But um, I'm out here in these streets. I'm out here in these podcasts and tweets. Yeah. Thank you.
0: (laughs) He's amazing. Make sure you go follow him. You guys already know. You can catch me Fridays. On Friday Night Lives with my homeboy Styles, with my favorite Leo, the pain in the butt. You can catch us every Friday night, 9 30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on our NYC Home Teams Pods page. Make sure you go following that on IG. And once again, guys, thank you for tuning in. Welcome to all my new listeners. Welcome back to all my old listeners and continuous listeners and all that good stuff. I love you guys. Hope we gave you some great insight. If there's any other information you guys feel you need, you can reach out to either or. We'll be here to help. So until next time, guys, Mm -hmm. stay safe and stay blessed.
2: Please subscribe, rate, and follow Barbie on IG at let underscore, me underscore, touch underscore, you. Facebook at Let Me Touch You Podcast. Twitter at Let Me Touch You 3. And on YouTube at Let Me Touch You Podcast want to be featured on let's connect simply call 929-359-3229 and leave barbie a message your message will be on an upcoming episode thank you for the continued support see you next week stay safe and stay blessed